excited about what God is going to do today because, you know, we've had this amazing weekend, uh, if you were part of it, about full flight, about how we have a God that wants to release us. He's a God that wants to release us into such incredible fullness, into more than we could possibly ask, think, or imagine. And I have discovered this about our God. He is such an amazing God. I grew up in New Zealand in a place called Hikataya. I was born. Can't get more Hicksville than that. You blink and you miss it. And uh, it was very small. I went to a small uh, church with about 50, 80 people. And I would, well, I remember as a little five-year-old girl, I would come into church and I would look at the pastor's wife that played keys, and I would look at her and think, wow, imagine one day being able to play the keys in church. Like, imagine that. I would look at the pastor's wife and think, imagine being a pastor's wife one day. How awesome that would be of like a little church of 50 somewhere. How amazing that would be. And now we're in Melbourne. It's like, how did we even get here? How did that happen? It's because God wants to release us into so much greater than we can see in our natural understanding. In our own limited human understanding that we can see, our God wants to do far greater. He's the God that wants to release us. But I've found the greatest challenge in us being released is what is going on in our internal world. It's not actually about the opportunity we get on the peripheral. It's not about other people believing in us. It's about what's going on internally in us. It's about our heart condition. It's about what we allow to go on in the inside of us. See, Matthew 5 verse 8 says this, You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. See, God releases us based on how our heart is released. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Come on, the Bible over 300 times talks about the importance of our heart. And when I'm referring to heart, I'm, into, I'm, I'm referring to our inner world, our soul person, our mind, our understanding, our feelings, our emotions, our inner person. Come on, God wants to speak directly to the inner world. He's not a God that's just up in the sky doing his own thing, waiting for us to fulfill a set of rules. No, he's interested in our inner person. He's interested in the inner heart of a man. See, Luke 6 verse 45 says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. It's all how we live our lives is a reflection of what's going on inside. What's going on in you internally? What's going on in your heart space? What does God just want to put his finger on and say, hey, we need more freedom there? That's restricting you. It's holding you back. Come on, he wants to speak some stuff to this, us this morning, reveal some things about what's going on in our lives. See, the crazy thing is that we can be in the middle of an amazing environment like God's house every week, going to a connect group, doing amazing things, but there can be stuff going on in our internal world that will separate us from God's destiny for us. I mean, we see it with the example of Judas. 
one of the disciples of Jesus. And I've always wondered, I'm like, how could he have been with Jesus? See dead people rise, the blind eyes open, deaf ears hearing, seeing miracles every single day, yet he betrays Jesus. But the Bible said he did it because the love of money got into his heart. And instead, because of what he entertained in his heart, instead of being released into his God destiny, he ended up being used by the enemy because he entertained the wrong thing in his heart. And it's a challenge for all of us, no matter what stage of faith that we're in, no matter whether you're a new Christian, whether you don't know God, whether you've been a Christian for years, this is such a challenge for us. What is going on in our heart space? Because it will either release us or hold us back. So I want to do a message today called, What is Our Heart Entertaining? What is your heart entertaining? And I've got this stage set up here today, which uh, reminds me a little bit of the house that my husband Craig and I, we've been married for uh, 16 years now. But when we first started our marriage, uh, we stayed in this little wee uh, place, really probably as big as from here to the door. And it was just had a little bed in it, little kitchenette, a little bathroom. And we stayed there for the first four years of our marriage. We called it the love shack. And uh, we had so much fun. And it was a great excuse for me because I am a terrible cook. So we hardly cooked at all. We were out all the time. At one point, I even, I put a chicken in the oven at uh, one night and then forgot about it. Came back three months later, true story, and it was like this ball of mold in, in our oven. It almost walked out the oven. True story. That's how bad a cook I am. So Craig is one blessed man. <laughs> but see, one of the things I found once we got our own place is that we chose who we entertained. People didn't just pop around like they did when you were flatting, when you lived with a whole heap of other people. No, we invited people. We chose who we entertained because it was our space. You know, when it comes to our heart, our inner world, it is our space. And we get to choose who we entertain. We get to choose what we entertain in our heart space because this is our house. It's our stuff. It's our place. We get to choose what we entertain. And to kind of help bring this to life, I'm going to use this example this morning. And this is going to be an example of our heart space and kind of what we tend to do when it comes to life. Because what I find we tend to do is we tend to entertain whatever comes knocking at the door of our heart. So if I can might have my first illustration, please. The worst things always happen to me. When I step out, I fail. I'm just always waiting for something bad to happen. Fear, come, come right on in. Make yourself at home. Get, get cozy. It's, uh, it's good you knocked on the door. You can yet just make yourself at home there. That's fantastic. Oh, I don't even think people really like me. I mean, nobody noticed my haircut. I don't really have anything to give. Anyway. Insecurity. Hey, come on in. Take a seat. I'm glad you're my guest because it means that I can now hide and because uh, everything you say about me is pretty true. So I can hide behind insecurity now. I don't really have to step out. So it's great you're here. <laughs> Got my hopes up again. The job didn't work out. The relationship didn't work out. Why do I even bother praying and believing in God? Disappointment. 
why don't you come on in? It's great you're here too because it means my walls can go up. I'm not going to let anybody in anymore because I've been disappointed. So uh, it's, it's great you're here. It's like they don't even value what I do. I mean, where's my reserved car park? Where's my reserved seat? I do so much for this church. If I didn't do what I did, it would fall apart. Offense, come on in. You know, it's, it's great you're here because, you know, it now gives me an excuse because it's everybody else's fault that I don't walk into my destiny. I mean, it's their fault. It's the church's fault. So, you know, I can just sit back now and see what we do is we, just because somebody's knocking, we allow them into our home. We allow them to take up residence, to be our guests, and we get cozy with them. We're like, hey, hey guys, what's up? We allow them to kind of hang in our home and our space, and then we wonder why we struggle with things. It's because whatever we entertain, we become. So if we entertain fear, we become fearful. We entertain insecurity, we become insecure. If we entertain disappointment, we become disappointed. Come on, and all these things, and I could have so many different examples here today. What are we letting in? What are we allowing to entertain us that is going to restrict us and hold us back? Because it's through these things that the enemy is released in our lives to restrict us and hold us back. See, and the crazy thing is that we give these things voices to speak into our lives. Oh, so offended. Seriously, they do not know what I do around here. I cannot even believe it. And we wonder why we struggle. We wonder why we can't get out. We wonder why we're crippled because we're listening to the wrong voices. We're listening to the wrong things. And we can feel so out of our depth. And so how can I overcome this? But we've got to remember, we have one that is greater. We have the king of our heart. Jesus is ultimately, our heart is his territory. Our heart is his territory. (laughs) And when he steps onto the scene, he deals with things. He says, offense, you have no room here because I'm living for eternity. He says, all right, disappointment, you can get out because I'll turn all things for the good of those who love me. He says, insecurity, you're out of here because I'm called to be the light of the world. He says, fear, you have no place because he has not given me a spirit of fear. And he deals with these things in our lives. Come on, our our heart space is His territory. It's our God's territory. And we've got to get a little bit of gumption about us when it comes to our home. When it comes to owning our space, it is our space. How dare things turn up in your world and your heart space that should not be there, that don't align with what pleases our God. But we let them just waltz on in and have their way. Come on, there's got to be something that would rise up on the inside of us that would fight for our heart space. Remember uh, a few years ago when we lived in New Zealand, we lived in a really rough part of West Auckland. And uh, it was, uh, we were doing up a place at that, at that time. And I had a night where I had a bunch of girlfriends around and Craig was out with his guys and all the girls left. And at the end of the night, I went into our backyard that was, it was pitch black. You could only get to it by scaling really, a really high fence. And I put the rubbish, went out, took a few steps out the back door, put the rubbish in the bin and turned around. And there was this huge guy just standing between me and the door. 
and he'd been watching us all night, just standing there. And I froze in that moment. And I thought in that moment that my worst nightmare was about to take place. But in that, you know, kind of when you envision stuff like that happening, I always envisioned that I'd kind of freeze and not know what to do. But in that moment, something just came over me. I'm like, I started screaming at him. I'm like, what are you doing here? This is my house. Get out of my house. And he ended up just freezing in his tracks. He had his hoodie over his face. He was really creepy looking. He froze in his tracks. I ran back past him, slammed the back door. I was looking for a knife to castrate him. I would have done whatever needed to be done to protect my house. This thing rose up. This is my house. How dare you come into my bed? And come on, there's got to be that fight that would rise up on the inside of us. How dare stuff tries to get into my heart space. That's not going to set me free. That's not my God's best for me. That is from the enemy that's going to lead to my captivity. Come on, there's got to be this fight that would rise up on the inside of us. Come on, let's protect our place. Let's protect our patch. Let's entertain in the right way. So what I want to do this morning is look at entertaining the right way. How do we entertain the right way? And the first thing is we've got to work the invite list. We've got to work the invite list. It's time to look at who are you inviting into your space? Who are you inviting to your table to give a voice to your world? Taking time to look at our heart. You know, the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart. Yet what I find is that we just get so blasé with our heart. We don't tend it how it needs to be tended. And we wonder why we struggle with the same issues over and over again. It's because we're not dealing with the stuff. We're so casual with it. Mark 7 verse 20 to 23, Jesus speaking, he says, It's what comes out of a person that pollutes obscenities, lust, thefts, murders, adulteries, greed, depravity, deceptive dealings, carousing, mean looks, slander, arrogance, foolishness. All of these are vomit from the heart. There is the source of your pollution. Come on, what is going on in our heart that's causing pollution, that's causing toxic, a toxic outflow from your life? What is going on? What is, needs to be tended? See, my mum is an amazing gardener. And when she taught me how to garden, the first thing she taught me is that when you weed, you've got to get out the root because otherwise it's just going to keep reproducing itself. Come on, when, when it comes to our heart, we've got to get out those roots. We've got to, and because what I find is that we, what we tend to do is we try to pluck off the produce of the, of the seed rather than the root that is causing the issue. So we tend to go after, we try to treat the cause, uh, the symptoms, sorry, not the cause, <clears throat> rather than dealing with the actual issue. I love what Craig Rochelle recently put out an Insta, he said, Jesus goes after the source, not the symptoms. Come on, how amazing is our God? He wants to get to the heart of the issue, to the root of the issue, to what is polluting our lives and deal with it. I mean, he did it with the woman at the well. Come on, he highlighted the fact that she had how many husbands with, with men all the time, but he didn't tell her to to not do that anymore. He addressed the need in her for living water, which reproduced itself in going after man after man, but he addressed the heart issue. Come on, our God does that with us. He addresses the heart issue. I 
remember for me when uh, Pastor Paul and Marie, our senior pastors, asked us many years ago to step in to do an extension service. And up until then, we'd just done youth and young adult ministry. And so it was the first time that we were leading people that were older than us. And I just felt so inadequate. I felt so insecure. I felt like, who am I to be doing this? I'm not equipped to be leading these people. And it just got to the point where it was really starting to impact um, my leadership and what God wanted to do through me. And so I remember going to God about it one day and just saying, hey, God, what is this? What's going on here? And God highlighted an experience that I'd had when I was much younger after I finished my psychology and social work study. I went to work at Auckland Sexual Abuse where women were raped or abused. We'd sit with them in their medical examination when they gave their statements to the police and when they went through the court system. And I was the youngest on team by probably 20 years. And I ended up working there for a few months. And I remember one of the colleagues confronting me one day and just saying, hey, you're not experienced enough to be doing this. You shouldn't be on our team. And God revealed how that seed thought had got into my heart and that seed had grown and it started to affect how I saw myself. And I had to allow God to deal with that seed. I had to replace it with the truth of his word that said, because he is able, he will equip me because he's called me. He, uh, he will give me every resource I need to step out into my calling. But I had to go to the heart source. I had to go to the heart space. See, Jeremiah 17 verse 9 to 10 says, but I, God, search the heart. I examine the mind. I get to the heart of the human. I get to the root of things. I treat them as they really are, not as they pretend to be. And God doesn't want our pretense. He doesn't want this thing we project to Him. No, He wants to go to the inner world. Let's deal with the heart stuff that would hold us back from freedom. The second thing is we've got to be the bouncer. Be the bouncer of our own heart. See, a bouncer is given authority by somebody in higher power. They're given a list and told what can get in and what can't get in. We have authority that is given to us by our Heavenly Father. We have a list of what gets into our heart and what gets out of our heart. So when fear comes knocking at the door of my heart, what do I do every time? Every time I go to preach, it's like, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. So I'm not going to entertain you right now. It's not, you're not allowed into my heart space because, hello, you're not on the list. So come on, we've got to get our list out and challenge what is knocking on the door of our heart and say, well, I'm the bouncer of this heart, baby, so you don't belong here. But the next thing, we need to do is that we need to open the door of our heart to the right things. So instead of fear, I'm going to embrace love. I'm going to take love into my heart space. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to get it. Because see, the wrong thing will always come knocking at the door of our heart, but the right thing we've actually got to embrace and bring into our heart space. So I'm going to take on love because when I know that He loves me, I know that He's there, I can trust Him that I don't have to fear anything because He is good, that He is with me. Come on, I'm going to take hold of, of gratitude. And so instead of being offended, I'm going to take hold of gratitude and be grateful for the fact that I get to build something that matters for eternity. Come on, that my God sees that my God is going to reward, that my God is going to honor, and I'm going to take hold of that. Come on, I'm going to take hold of value. 
I'm going to claim that. Come on, value. And uh, you're going to come into my life and I'm going to take hold of you. So instead of insecurity, I'm going to grab hold of value and you're going to be in my heart space. And then appointment instead of disappointment. I know that I'm called by him. And even though things don't work out sometimes, he is a God that loves me, that has the best for me, that will turn all things around to good. Come on, we've got to entertain the right things. There's got to be something in us that would rise up and entertain the right things. See, the thing about entertaining at a higher caliber is that it takes time and consistency to make these things feel at home in our lives. It takes time. It takes consistency of allowing this to drop from here to here, to truly get at home in our lives. See, psychologists talk about this in terms of automaticity, and it's, some, it's learning something so much that it drops from your head to your heart. That's why a pilot, for a pilot to fly commercially, they have to land a plane 150 times before they, they're licensed to fly a plane because they want that to drop from here to here. The only thing that drops something from here to here is consistency, is practice, is repetition. And see what I find, the Word of God ends up being just another option in our head rather than being repeated so much, so over and over and over and over again that it actually drops into our heart space. Come on, I want to challenge us this morning. How many scriptures could we repeat just like that? Because if something's truly in our heart, we can bring it up just like that. Come on, what's in our heart space? Are we entertaining what is right, what is good? Thank you, guys. Why don't we give them a hand? That's why Proverbs 7 verse 4 to 5 says, My teaching is as precious as your eyesight. Guard it. Write it out on the back of your hands. Itch it to the chambers of your heart. It's the Word of God etched into the chambers of our heart because that's where we step into true freedom. That's where we find His release, when it's etched into the chambers of our heart. And I feel this morning, like for some of us, that it's time to draw a line in the sand with what we're entertaining, with what we've allowed to dominate in our lives for so long. I mean, I've seen this, how amazing this can be with my dad. He is my hero. Uh, all five of us kids just love Jesus today. He's been the most amazing dad. But he had a really rough start in life. When my grandma was just 17, she was raped at a party. And dad was a product of that rape. And so he was ostracized by everybody around him. He was the only kid in his entire school that didn't have a dad. Because in those days, that kind of thing didn't happen very often. Nobody knew it was a rape. So they just thought grandma had done her thing. And so everybody rejected her. Dad was sexually abused by neighbors for many years. A dropout in school, abused by teachers as well. Left school when he was 14. Bum boy in a factory. But then at the age of 18, he met Jesus. And he said, he said to me one day when I asked him, how did you overcome all that stuff? Because so many people I work with, they don't overcome it. And he said, at the age of 18, I remember walking down the street 
And I said to the things that had ruled me for so long, you've had your day. I'm choosing to believe God's promises instead. I'm choosing to claim hold of God's truth instead. And I have seen my dad do that day in, day out. Today, he's an incredibly successful businessman. For the factory, he was once a bumboy and he now owns all the commercial complex, owned the business. I've seen God do a 180 degree turnaround because he decided, hey, I'm gonna just lay hold of the promises. I'm gonna step in. I'm gonna entertain what my God says, not what life has taught me, not what has been dictated to me. I'm gonna entertain at a higher caliber. I'm gonna entertain what my God says. And come on today, I feel like there's a bunch of us here and we've got to draw a line in the sand and say, hey, I'm gonna entertain what my God says. No longer are those other voices gonna have their way. I'm gonna entertain what my God says.